Everybody to Real Estate Real World. This is your host, Marguerite Crespillo, and I have a fantastic guest today, someone that I've known for many, many years, have admired. He's quite the guy, quite the mentor, and uh, is an amazing man in the real estate industry and has accomplished quite a bit. So I, without further ado, I'm going to introduce Brent Gove. Welcome, Brent. How are you today? Thank you, Marguerite. I'm doing great. We're packing our bags for Maui as we speak. That's what I heard. So I want to hear all about it, but you do a huge trip for your entire team, don't you? Do you do this every year? Yep, every year. Last year we took uh, the Oasis of the Seas on Royal Caribbean, and 28 of us went to on a seven-day cruise, and it was awesome, deep Caribbean, and this year, there's 38 of us going to Maui with oceanfront suites, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be there for nine days. Good time. That is amazing. That is, that's yeah. incredible what you do. So yeah. tell me a little bit about you and your background, Brent. Like, how did you get started in real estate? Well, sure. Like anybody else, I got that phone call about, um, I don't know, 19 years ago. I was 30 years old. And a buddy of mine says, hey, you should get your real estate license. You'd be great at real estate. And I literally had never even had the thought. It never never crossed my mind. I was like, really? You think I'd be good at that? He goes, oh, man, you'd be great. And so I'm like, oh, I thought about it. I said, okay, what do I got to do? Well, you study to get your test, your state license, and your state exam, and blah, blah, blah. So I did that. I passed the second time. <laughs> the first time I say the most successful twice. ones. So. The, the, the most successful ones slunk a time or two. Yeah, I get nervous when people nail it the first time. I'm like, oh, that is not a good sign. I really, I really <laughs> believe that. The most successful people I know, they just get out there and wing that sucker. But um, I studied for like two and a half hours, and I think I got like a 65. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's how it works. Did a little more studying, seven hours. I'm not the brightest guy. I graduated from high school with a 2.3 GPA, and that was not because I was partying. I studied all the time, never cut class, had tutors, and I still had a proud 2.3 GPA. So <laughs> I'm not the brightest knife in the drawer, but I do love people, and I'm highly motivated. So That's amazing. Yep. So, so what did you do right when you got your license? Like, What do you think has contributed to, to your success? Excuse me, excuse me. Um, well, I um, went to work for a small brokerage in a suburb of Sacramento, a town of Fair Oaks, actually, where I grew up. And there were like, I don't know, five of us, a broker, a manager, and, and uh, three real estate agents. And I think everybody did loans. And it was just a crazy little mom-pop, you know, deal. And six months later, they moved to Newport uh, Beach to sell million-dollar homes. At the time, we were selling I think it was two years before I sold a home over a hundred thousand dollars. Two years, <laughs> everything was seventy, eighty, or ninety, seven or eighty or not. Did one for one hundred twenty-eight thousand. I thought I died and going to heaven. I was in the big leagues, but um, my <laughs> the little brokerage I w- worked with it was called the California Equal Opportunity Home Ownership Association, and if you abbreviate wow. that, C E O H O A, C O H O. And it was so great. We'd have people right out there earnest money deposit checks to see a hoe. Anyway, it was kind of funny. But uh, these guys are crazy. And um, 
we were doing these mailers, and uh, it was just a crazy time. We'd send out like 50,000 of them, and 100 people would respond, and we'd work with those 100 people and so on. But uh, they moved to New Newport Beach to sell the big homes, and same work, make 10 times the money. So they left in six months. I had that kind of an impact on them. <laughs> so wow. I, I was homeless, <laughs> and uh, I went to Coldwell Banker. My mom had worked there for like 20 years to come come from a real estate family, and She's like, oh, no, we're not working in the same office. I love you, but no way. She took me by the hand or fed me to the wolves at REMAX, and I worked at REMAX for 12 years. And five years later, I was their top agent. I was selling over 400 homes a year and um, just having a blast. And that's kind of uh, how I got started and transitioned into REMAX. Wow. And yeah. so, you know, 400 homes a year is just insanity. I mean, I, I know my best year I did 226, and I thought I was going to lose my mind. Um, how do you do that many units and have a life? Well, you, you let go. You can't be a micromanager. Like right now I have uh, I have uh, 19 buyer's agents. I just, in fact, I have 20 now. I just hired a 20th. Like, oh, my gosh, how do you manage all those people? And the answer is I don't. We're all independent contractors. We got real estate because we don't want to be managed. I don't manage them. I answer the questions. I get, you know, sometimes I might hear from two, three, four agents a day, and I talk to them for anywhere from two minutes to five minutes on the phone. It's the easiest thing you can do in your life. And so, and then, so that's what I did. Um, most successful agents hire a buyer's agent because they have too many leads. So then if they're really successful, they get two because they've got that many leads and they kind of rotate dish and leads to their buyer's agents. <clears throat> well, I, I, it's, I, when I hire people, I promise them I will never give you a lead. So them joining my team is not, not – and that's the biggest mistake real estate agents do is they hand out leads. I think it's the biggest mistake you can make I agree. is to give leads out. I'm totally – 100% opposed to it. And when they sign, join my team, have them sign paperwork that says they will never get a lead. I don't give out leads. And I was like, well, why do they join your team? Because I teach you how to lead generate. I teach you how to do real estate. I teach you how to make 100000 a year minimum, 100000 a year. What hire you if I didn't think you could make 100000 a year in real estate? And if you're good and you have skills, you'll make two to 300000 a year in real estate. And if you're a superstar, you'll make four or 500000 plus. Um, and so that's why they join my team, not for leads. And everybody else's leads, it's leads, and it limits them because they build teams like oh, I have to spend more money to get more leads. Now I got to micromanage my agents because they're not calling the leads hard enough. Uh, they're not calling them quick enough, and they beat their team into submission. I'm just, I know that's how it's mainly done, and that's great. It's just not the way I do it. I'm not saying my way is better. I'm just saying. People bicker over the lead. So you give Johnny a $300,000 lead. How could you do that? You give me this 200000 lead. Or you give Johnny just joined the team. You get a sign call for 800000 and You give me this crummy 500000 listing. You kind of get some bickering I've seen and noticed. And so my way, my style doesn't have that at all. And it doesn't limit me. I can have two buyer's agents. I can have 12. I can have 20. Um, I know in... Uh, when I did uh, 429 sales, I had 47 buyer's agents. Lots of mission brokerage. Nope, I'm just just an agent and who had buyer's agents. I mean, if one is good, two is better. If you like two, why not have 10? But most people, because they provide the leads, they can't afford to spend the money to provide the leads for 10 agents. Or they're not happy with the way agents are doing. So it's kind of very scalable. How's that for a good word? What I do is very scalable. I mean, I could have 100, and, and I'm thinking about doing that. 
So, wow, that's crazy. That, yeah. I think that it's brilliant, though. I've admired the way that you've done things for a long, long time. And I know that even when the market got challenging, you were still able to survive. I mean, don't you think even when it, when it's a rough market that you're able to scale that forward and backwards? Well, absolutely. I mean, if you're committed to learning skills from, you know, Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy and Zig Ziglar and Dennis Whaley and Jim Rome and, and you work on Brian Buffini, Joe Stump, you work on your skill set. Craig Proctor is actually where I learned everything. Craig Proctor is where I learned. Of course, all those other people taught me too, but mainly Craig Proctor. Um, but, uh, if you learn your skills, the bottom line is you sell on the way up, you sell on the way down. It's like a ship on the ocean. You know, sometimes the waves are trend, trending up and the market's up and you're selling on the way up, but then the market's tanking and they need you. And you sell on the way down. And bottom line is that's – so, yeah, if, you, if you've got the skill set, and the skill set is do you genuinely love people and have their best interests at heart? And number two, you know, are you are you motivated? You're going to grab yourself up by the bullstrap bull bullstraps, bootstraps and, 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 and make it happen instead of crying in your beer, uh, go out and, and, you know, you know, kick butt and, you know, take names and rock and roll. And so you've got to have that can do attitude and you've got to respect to exceed. People get what they expect and a lot of people don't expect much. It's because they're not reading the books. They're not going to seminars. They're not, uh, retooling, you always have to be in a growth mode. You always have to be learning and growing and reading and like this. People listening to this uh, webinar um, and, and uh, you know, watching DVDs and being on YouTube and, and growing and growing and implement, grow and implement. And so, yeah, that has uh, served me well. So, yep. And when I, by the way, the more homes I sold, the, uh, the less I worked. I went from selling most homes I've been selling, I don't know, six, seven homes a year, pers- I mean a month, personally, six or seven homes a month. But when I was up doing 429 homes a year and I was making you know, like anywhere from 188000 to 288000 a month, my net portion of that, and that was monthly income. A bad month was 188000 a good month, 288000 somewhere around there, and it bounced back and forth. I was personally selling two to three homes a month. I mean... I would go into work at 10 and leave at 2 and take Fridays off and golf. And so because it wasn't all about me. It was and so I'm I'm a team guy. I love building teams. It's fun and and I treat my people really really good. I mean, I, I, right now I think I'm batting like zero turnover for 3 years. I, and I can't tell you how many team people rebuild their team and rebuild their team and rebuild the team. A good friend of mine, uh, Marguerite is I mean a really good friend. I really care about this guy. He's a great guy. He's burned through uh, four office administrators this year, hired and fired wow. about every two to three months, and, or they quit on him. And and so he's a great guy, but he's got a temper. And uh, you got to lose that whole temper thing and be kind and uh, and work with your people, you know. So anyway, it's a little off track there, but there you go. No, I totally – I think that's so valuable because I see that a lot too. I mean, uh, I'm blessed that I've had the same people on my team for quite a while. But I do know that I've struggled with the buyer's agent portion of it simply because I was following what you said. I was trying to provide leads to them. And There you go. Mm -hmm. You know, I think when you have someone like you or or myself, we've been at this a long time, the fact that they get to be counseled by you and mentored by you is worth way more than, you know, piddly leads, so to speak. Oh, yeah. 
I'm glad you hit on that, Marguerite. I think the agents think their only value is in providing leads. Are you kidding me? If you understand lead generation, if you're a door knocker or you call the expireds or you do open houses, I'm the open house guy. You know, whatever it is you do or pay-per-click or Zillow. I have a friend on Zillow. He's going to do $200 million in sales this year. He started real estate five years ago, and he's going to hit $200 million this year, and he does it all on Zillow. I mean, that's it, and reviews and Yelp and Google Plus and, and Realtor.com, but mainly Zillow is his, is his main thing. And uh, whatever it is, teach your people how to do it and then grow. And most are like, I don't want to create my competition. I've been training people for 15 years. It's never, ever been any competition. Now, I guess if you're in a town with 80,000 people, you could be creating your competition. Uh, so I will back up a little bit. But for most people in major markets of, you know, uh, four, four, five hundred thousand or more people in areas like that, you're not creating your competition. Million dollar, you know, cities like Sacramento, San Diego, LA, you know, Boston, Denver, Houston, Dallas, train away. And then as you improve their lives, your lives get better. But yeah, my first year, I hire people with a four year commitment. They have to make a commitment to work for me for four years. And they're like, yeah, 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 I want to do it, I want to do it. I'm like, nope, think about it for a week or two. Talk to your wife, your husband, go talk to your pastor of your church. I mean, it's a big, big commitment you're making. I laid on heavy because I don't want them to join me and be gone in six months. So I, they have to commit for four years. I say, I'll spend two years training you, and in two years you will get it. A year with buyers and a year with sellers. I'll do sellers up front, but usually we tend to gravitate to sell buyers the first year. Then we tend to gravitate to they get referrals and we go to listings the second year. So in two years, you're pretty much going to know what you need to know for the most part. You're going to feel like you got it and you'll be tempted to leave. And I'm not interested in training you for two years when I finally can, you know, not train so hard, you leave. And I'm not interested in that. It's a two-way street, so stick around for two years. Meet me halfway. And that's a great negotiation tactic, you know, as you know, Marguerite. Uh, Meet me halfway. Let's split the difference down the middle. I'll train you for two years, stick around for two, four years, that's the deal. And if you can't make a rock-solid, iron clan, radical commitment to four years, let's not even start. I try to actually scare them off. And um, <laughs> and I do say I haven't signed paperwork. It's unenforceable because we're independent contractors, but it's all in writing. And it's, my paperwork says, talks about the four-year commitment, and that if I do any, anything unethical or that lacks integrity, they can leave that day. And I always say, you're the judge, you're the jury. You can leave that day. So, obviously, I've never had anyone quit my team saying that I was unethical or did something lacking integrity, but I, this makes it safe for you because what if you make this big commitment and I'm the biggest jerk in the world? You don't know me that well. And they're like, okay, that's cool. And I go, so, um, and, um, and then also the first year, they're on 50-50 splits. And I don't even lead generate for them, and they're on 50-50 splits. And then the second year, 60-40, third year, 70-30, fourth year, 80-20. It's not on volume. It's on time with me. And then I have agents that have been with me for 10 years, and they're on an 80-20 split. And, I mean, I haven't done anything in years. I might answer a question once a month, but I get 20% of checks, and sometimes it's 1200 bucks, sometimes it's $2,200 or 1700 I mean, if I would put an hour into the transaction, which I didn't put a minute, but if I had put an hour, I'd be earning $1,700 an hour. So I love having a team. I get checks all the time. I have no idea what they're for. $5,500 check. <laughs> Don't have the faintest idea what it's for. How they put an hour into that transaction, earn $5,500 an hour. I'm so leveraged. And so can anybody else here in this call. It's not because I'm special. 
Um, you knowing what an addendum is, they don't know if they're new. I'd love to hire new agents. They don't know what a counteroffer is or how to write one. They don't know what CCNRs are, prelims are, HOA documents, well well inspections, potability and productivity, surveys, um, all the stuff that we know, green belts, when not to market your list. You know, it's on a beautiful green belt. And then next year there's an apartment complex there. You don't say green belt. Maybe green this year, but it may not be green next year. And maybe <laughs> Sam's Club next year. So you teach them the stuff the that we Yeah. And the stuff that we know is so valuable. And that's the agents don't realize what you know. You can build a huge team with what you know, and then you get them out there. All my people do open houses on the weekend. I tell them to go to the pumpkin patch, Apple Hill, water ski, snow ski, do all house boating. Do that during the week. I don't care what you do during the week because I'm not spending money on lead gen. So it doesn't, I don't know. I have they don't they don't I don't hire any staff from. I have three full time people to help me do what I do. They get no help from those three people. I don't have any staff for my people. I could have 200 people. I will not provide staff to them. They don't need it. Did you have staff when you started, Marguerite? Neither did I, right? No. Uh-uh. Yeah, no. they don't need it. But somehow these people build teams. Oh, I'm going to have a staff person for this and a staff person for that, someone to wipe their nose and somebody to put signs out and somebody to, you know, I'm like, not going to happen. And um, it's awesome. So I have three rules for tr- for hiring people on my team. you want to hear them? I do want to hear them. Okay, number one, do I like them? And that may sound snotty, but I've found I've hired people that really didn't enjoy their personality, and I regretted it. So my first thing, because you're going to be around them, you know, do I enjoy this person? Can I go on vacation with this person? I know in 05, we took 128 people to Maui. So that was a blast, a third of a jet, man. It was a great time. But do I enjoy this person? Do I like them? So, yeah, I do. This this person's kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, they passed that part of the asset test. Number two um, do I trust him? Is this a man of his word, a woman of her word? Is is the word their bond? Can we shake hands and it's done? Do I really find this is a man or woman of their word? And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I don't trust him. I'm, and and I don't feel it, so I don't hire him. So do I like him? Yeah, I like him, but I don't trust him. Likeable, but something I just don't get a good vibe on that. I'm going to try. I think they're going to work for me for a year and be gone, you know, suck the blood out of me like a mosquito and be gone. Nah, not doing it. But if I like them and I trust them, I mean, yeah, I like them, I trust them, because I, what I do is built on trust. They could leave me tomorrow, right? Um, so do I trust them? And then number three, are they competent? Are, do they have the people skills? Are they outgoing? Are they friendly? Are they are they smiling at me right now? Are they talking to me? Are they nervous? And they're like, because ah, they're going to be that way with prospects. And, and then you can't, and I realized that, you know, I wasn't as good as I was in the beginning either. But do they have not just basic people, but excellent people skills? Can they go to a party and meet people and have fun and not be nervous and a wallflower? You can't make it real estate being a wallflower. And you, okay. you've got to be able to get out there. So do they have people skills, social skills, and do they seem flaky or driven? Do they got some gumption, some moxie in the tank? Um, you know, what are their goals? What do they want to do? And then if they pass those three tests, do I like them? Do I trust them? And do they seem competent? I disc test them. Quite frankly, it's a one-page test, a disc test, D-I-S-C, disc test, and I'm looking to hire the high I, high D profile. High I, high I outgoing, high D driven, drive, I want a lot of I, a lot of D. I'm not looking for a high DI. I won't hire that person. You probably, Margarita, are a high DI, and they're the most successful right. people in real estate. But I have found 
um, they, are, they, they have to run things. That's why you run businesses. Um, they have to run. And so I'm not looking for those people because I've had those people and they tend to, um, it doesn't work out good for the team culture. They want to leave. They, they challenge me on what I'm doing and I'm not interested in that. So I hire, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm a high I, high D. I'm almost a high DI, but my I is a little bit higher than the D, but I'm really high in both categories. My FC, which is my organizational uh, skills and and um, all that other stuff, um, being hospitable and all that, and I'd like to think I'm very hospitable, but some people are really good at being a hostess at a party and really checking on everybody, writing a little thank you note. Uh, I tell people, Marguerite, thank you so much. I'm so glad I work with you. I never write notes to my clients. I rarely <laughs> give them closing gifts, rarely ever. I'm just not good at that stuff. I, I don't do it. Um, I hide right. the key under a rock. Look, i got to go. I'm going to pizza with my family. I put I put the key under the rock by the front door to the right. I don't want you to be locked out of your house. Right there. Go get it. You know, fetch. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, what the hell? What <laughs> makes me happy you got the dumb house? No, I don't need to be flowers. Stupid. Anyways, I know it's a weakness in my character, but um, so I don't, I don't do that little stuff. But I'm, I'm not organized. I hire people to organize me. I'm, I'm running hard and just running and gunning and pounding. I do plan. I strategize. I, I, I do have a, um, <laughs> an attack plan I follow. But um, you know, shoot first and aim later. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I say that. But, um, you gotta be as Tony Robbins says. You gotta be a crazy mofo. And I, I am crazy, man. I am just. I would I'm agree not, that you are. Yeah, yeah. And it's fun doing it. I love people. I care about people, and always do the right thing. Always do the right thing, and that'll save serve you well in business. What, you're not sure what to do? Come on, what's the right thing to do? Probably that. Go do that. You know. Right. So exactly. Anyways, that's, well, uh, that's tell me thought. a little bit. I I know that there was a time when you know things were difficult for you, where. You know when the market kind of crashed and things changed, and yeah, uh, can yeah, you yeah. tell me really what you know what happened during that time and what you learned? Well, from that, that? I mean, that I is one that's thing valuable. about having a buyer's agent team. Uh, as the market was crashing in Sacramento, we're us in Phoenix and Florida, some of the in Las Vegas, three four of the hardest hit markets. We had fifty eight percent correction in price. We were remember Marguerite. We were selling those six bedroom, five bath. Uh, stick built homes, track homes for like seven ninety five out in Lincoln Crossing, and the prices yeah. dropped to like three fifteen from literally almost eight hundred thousand to three fifteen. I mean, you take a calculator to that. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. I think it's worse than fifty eight percent. But a the I, the worst I ever numbers I ever heard in general uh, was a fifty eight percent market correction. So uh, all the buyers agents they did struggle when that was like that. I mean, people just weren't buying. Homes where people were losing their homes to foreclosure, short sale. Now I was able to survive because I was a listing agent at that point. I, people desperately needed to sell, and I was able to convince them that they need to sell their home for fifty thousand less than they were thinking. If they didn't do that, they'd be dropping another fifty thousand. So you're not losing a penny. That value is already gone. Here's what it's worth, and if you don't put it here, you'll be selling it for fifty thousand less than six months. And I was good. I had I had belief in what I was saying. I had conviction. As Zig Ziglar says, the word enthusiasm, the last four letters stand for I am sold myself. And if you can share it with not just, well, here's what you should do and why, well, that's like vanilla, just shoot me now. But if you can look at people with passion and say, you need to do this, because people are looking for leadership, and say, here's why you need to do it. I'm telling you, from the bottom of my heart, you need to put the house at 399 And if you don't, you're going to be lucky to get 350 next summer. 
you may think three ninety. You're not losing a penny. It's no longer worth four fifty. It's worth three ninety nine. If you're going to sell this, where you got to be, and so that's you know that's that same thing with the buyer. Hey, if you don't buy this, I'm going to buy it. I got three yeah. other clients. This is a great deal. They need that reassurance. It's called leadership, and um, so. But um, oh, I got off track with what I was telling you. I don't remember where we were at, so I'm, I'm going to have to. <laughs> I was I don't talking about the during, the time, during the time the market crashed. I know it was difficult oh. for you and, yes. you know, your buyer's agents. Like, what do you think you learned the most during that, you know, valuable transition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, we did. There's no doubt I wasn't selling 429 ounces a year. I was offered all the REO, decided I didn't want to go that route, so I didn't even touch it. I didn't touch the short sales. I just sold home. Team got smaller, no doubt. In '09, I went and became a team leader of the largest, uh, most profitable Keller Williams in the nation. Did that for a couple of years. But during that time, in fact, it was 2010, 10, the perfect number. It's going to be a great year. 2010, it's the perfect number. That was, I would say, the worst year of my life, of my existence. I'm 49 now, so it's 2015, so it's five years ago. I was like 44 years old. I'm thinking it's going to be a great year. The market surely it's going to bottom out. It did around 2011, 12. But um, but uh, I was all excited. But ended up having kind of a snafu, a crisis in my own personal life. And uh, you know I wasn't checking the home fires like I should have. And I ended up having a crisis in my marriage that went on for eight months. And I don't know. We must have had uh, 37 you know hour long counseling appointments. And it was really really a, a dark time, a tough time. Wasn't living at home for eight months, uh, five kids. You know, we. I just I would not let go. I just went, and I, I just said, I've got to figure this out. We did. The good news is we got through it. I moved back Super Bowl weekend 2011, February of 2011. Moved back home. First year was a little weird. Second year got better. By the third year, it was great. And I can honestly say my wife likes me again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're in love with each other. We travel all over. And, and I, but I'm a different guy. I really consider my wife. I, I thought I did before, but um, I do now. Like I'd book a trip to the Caribbean or Maui and not tell her. Why wouldn't she want to go? I mean, come on, it's going to be great. But now, I mean, I don't even, you know, I talk to her about everything. Hey, do you want to go to Tala? Do you want to go to Carmel? Where would you want to stay? Or, or you know, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, buying a volleyball net for the kids in the backyard. What do you think? What do you think? You know, and just anything. I just talked to my wife. Not that I didn't talk to her, but and the the uh, counselor helped me learn the word being present, really being in the moment, not texting or emailing or calling or putting, hey, I need just a minute. You know, so I, I don't do that stuff. I hated the term when I first learned it, being present. I wanted to punch the guy in the face. But um, <laughs> I could say this. I'm present now in my marriage with my kids. I was before, but there's a difference. And some of you understand what I'm saying. Some of you have no clue. But, um, you know, when I'm at Apple Hill, I'm at Apple Hill. I'm not texting and emailing and putting deals together. When I'm on a date, I remember one night I must have spent an hour on the phone fighting with uh, with with a, with, a, with a particular, I don't remember, seller agent, I don't know, back and forth, back an hour during our date. And I, I'm like, well, she understands. And I was just really ticked. And, and I don't get that way very often, but I can get fiery. And it was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. You've got to have boundaries. And I hated the word boundaries. I'm like, it's ridiculous. But I've, I get it now. I've learned to put real estate totally in a box. And I'm present at soccer games. I'm present on dates. I'm more present with my family. I'm happier. They're happier. So 
it was a very, very dark, tragic time for those eight months. When you're not living at home with your family and you're separated from your spouse, it sucks big time. And we went to the one-yard line of divorce. I mean, we there were many people thought we were going to get divorced. And I wasn't sure if we were going to make it. But, man, I'm like, I, I just, I got I got to learn what I got to learn. we got to figure this out here. And I can't tank, that, tank my marriage of, at the time, 19 years and five kids. I just, I just couldn't let it happen. And I was upset with my wife. She was upset with me. But we worked it out. And uh, now things are awesome. And so I restarted building my team in, uh, in 2012 from kind of scratch. And um, now we have uh, 19 buyers agents just hired that 20th. This year we'll do um, about $100 million in sales. Um, i got to add it up. Um, but, yeah, about $100 million And um, things are good. They're really, really good. It's like riding a bike, which you just you learn know how to do it. You you know jump right back on that bike. I know how to build a team. Just started rebuilding my team. So yeah. You know what I think is um, so powerful about um, your your story about your wife and and your relationship is that I think it's such a huge part of the real estate industry. This business can be so addictive mm-hmm. and so overwhelming in so many ways that you know, the important stuff like your family can get pushed to the back of the bus. And, you know, I understand how that can happen. I mean, my husband, Joe, and I, you know, been through very similar stories. But what I love that you said is when you got to that one yard line, you figured out, I got to figure this out. And I know that lately I've had several conversations with people who, you know, are going through some of those struggles. And I can say that the one thing that, you know, we've learned in our marriage is that, Divorce is not an option, and when it's not an option, you have to figure it out. Like when you can't leave, you got to figure out a way to make it work, one way or another. Yeah. And I think that both in in marriages and, frankly, in real estate, is that it's so easy to blame things on somebody else. You know, you talked about it earlier about the lead. You know, it all ties in to me about the lead process. Is that well, you didn't give me this lead, or I got I didn't get that. Right, you know, all right. leads are crap, according to buyer's agents, right? <laughs> right? And all you do is give me bad leads. And, you know, that's not the deal. Like, the deal is you got to go figure it out. If, if this is what you want to do, if this is what you've decided that you want to do for a career, then you got to figure it out. Nobody showed me. Nobody taught me, you know? Right, right. Like, yeah. I had a family to feed, so I had to go figure out how to get business. So, Put your big girl pants on, yep. Exactly. But so I just think that that's so valuable. Point, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, what? It's you just got you got to find a way. You got to figure out what the options are. And I just think that that's so valuable, such a valuable lesson in in marriages and in in real estate overall. That what can you do? And attending classes and attending. I know you're a lot like me. We I think we've been to just about every real estate seminar and read every book on the planet. Right. Right. But, but when you look at the ones who are the most successful, they have. They've put in that time, that effort, that energy, that money to go learn from people like you and, mm-hmm. you know, Tony Robbins and Craig Proctor. So I, I just think that there's not enough value put on that. You know, people are kind of expecting that, well, they'll hop in and somebody will hand me the business and it'll be easy and that's not how it works. Right, right. Yep, I had a um, a guy who's a, what is he like a mechanical engineer? He got real estate a year ago, about December, about eleven months ago, 
and he had uh, really good success the first month or two. Had a couple of deals kind of lined up, get him. He has not made a sale in the last seven months. He just called me yesterday. He's like, man, we got to talk. I got to figure this out. So, yeah, it looks easy. And, and once you figure it out, it is easy. It's it's like a dance. It's the same thing, same time, same back channel. And it really is easy and fun. They're all different and unique, but there's definitely a pattern to it. And once you get your, your groove on, so to speak, it's just it's fun, it's easy, it's rocking. Some days are more challenging when when a seller throws a fit or a buyer throws a fit. We have legitimate issues, you know, with transactions. But I absolutely love real estate, and I love my marriage, and I was committed to figuring both out. And I'm glad I did. And I'm not special. There's a lot of people like you, like me, that did this stuff. And I think you hit it on the head, Marguerite. Failure is not an option. Do whatever you have to do to work on the relationship with your 16-year-old daughter who's going nuts. Um, you know, um, my 14-year-old daughter has been giving me a run for their money lately, but I'm in the game, man. We go on father-daughter dates, and, and we spend time together, and, and it helps. I can see the difference, you know, and what's the old thing? How do you spell love? T-I-M-E, and being, yeah. I hate to use it, being present in that time, not physically present but mentally present and really dialing into who you're with and making them feel like the most special person in the world because they are. They're your it's your son, it's your daughter, it's your husband, it's your wife, it's your client. Your client needs to know that you're there important. You're not taking calls and texting while you're talking to them. That's the same thing. It all applies. You know, I, I remember years ago somebody saying, you know, well, there's quality time and quantity time. And, you know, uh, sure, you can have tons of quantity time, but if it's not quality, it doesn't matter. Like, you can't plan yeah. special moments. You know, you can't yeah. plan that moment when you happen to be driving in the car and your daughter decides to have, you know, that deep conversation with you. Like, you can't plan that, especially with teenagers, because they lose their mind for a few years, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they come back around, like, thank right. God, uh, every day I didn't have daughters. I have all boys, but... Um, the girls that hang out around my sons are traumatic enough. So, oh my God, God bless you for raising girls. <laughs> yeah, I have all boys, Marguerite, except for three girls. <laughs> I have five kids, <laughs> three more girls. But I tell you what, man, the girls are the ones that give me the run. For the boys, they're like, leave it to Beaver. I mean, I just—it's been a piece of cake. It's the girls out of it. My gosh, it's 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 crazy, but it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> yep. Well, Brett, this has been actually a fantastic conversation, and I I think uh, I think we've actually come to the end on a really good note. I'm okay. I'm just incredibly honored to to have known you all these years. I would, I admire the heck out of you, and I think um you're always so fun and laughing and great to be around. I know we ran into you a few weeks ago at the at brunch and. There you yeah. are with 12 people at your table, all your kids and your whole family <laughs> and friends. And, and yeah, uh, it was the fantastic. Tribe. So, yeah, it was a lot yeah, of fun. It was sure. a beautiful place, man. Hey, um, if anyone's listening and you want to learn what I do, um, hey, first I want to say this. Marguerite, if you don't know, this is a pillar in the real estate community in Sacramento. I love and respect her. She's amazing. Everybody adores Marguerite. But, of course, if you're listening to this series, you already know she's super cool. Um, So I want to say that, a little shout-out for you. Then also, if anybody listening, can I mention my DVDs I have? Absolutely. I would love to have them. Okay, so if you want to do my style, first thing you do is I master the open houses. Um, 
you know, the other day I took a brand new agent out, and in two hours we picked up seven clients between 600 and 1.2 million. Now the average sales price in Sacramento is what? What's the average sales price right now, Margaret? What do you think? Uh, probably 280, 300. There you go. So what I was going to say. So why are we six to 1.2? Because we're very particular about where we do our open houses. I mean, you can get 30 clients at 250 or 30 clients at a million. <laughs> why not get 30 at a million? So exactly. Anyway, so if you want to learn how to do this, I have a DVD called How to Do a Mega Open House. I'm known for it nationwide. I've been doing this for 15 years. Get my DVD. Get it at brentgoveseminars.com. Brentgove, G-O-V-E, seminars.com. And how to do it, it's, I think, 595 bucks. And um, if you enter promotional code BG, my initial, so I think it takes 100 bucks off, you get it for $495. And then I have a 100% money-back guarantee for a month. You can watch it. If it doesn't just blow you away, return it, get your money back. No one's ever returned one. But go ahead. I'll, I'll give you your money back. People love it. So that's number one. Then you can kind of master that. And then number two, I have how to build a team. DVD, how to do what I do, all my paperwork, how I pay people, what my all that stuff, and that me, and these are me live, not just audio, but it's video filmed. This is full video, audio, DVDs. You can watch them; they're about an hour long each. How to build a team, you'll love it. That one also is five ninety five, but if you put the BG in my initials, you get to hundred dollars off four ninety five. And then finally, how to write winning offers and never lose again. Some crazy stuff. You probably do half the stuff, or at least hopefully you do, but I guarantee you any one of them can help you get a deal. And um, you get a deal you weren't going to get, there's ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. So that's a whopping five ninety five. Or you can get all three by contacting me for nine ninety five. So if you want to get a, a bundle of all three. But there you that's go. Awesome. You can get them all. If you, if you like my style, there you go. Go to BrinkGoFeminars.com. Check it out. And we'll have a link to his website on the podcast. So I go build a cool. click on there too if you've forgotten what that what you said, but absolutely yeah. go check him out. I can tell you that it works because I see him doing it every day in our market. You're a rock star for sure, Brent. Oh yeah, and if well, anyone wants to call me or text me or just talk to me, my cell phone nine one six two two three fifty five fifty five. I'll hear from five to ten of you over the next month. It's not a big deal. Like everyone's gonna call him. No, this is five to ten brave souls. Most people don't. It's, um, Absolutely. Feel free to call or text me. I'll be happily talk with you and encourage you, whether you buy my DVDs or not. Um, I would love to help you. So. And I can tell you what I love about Brent the most is that he's always willing to share. You know, I truly believe when you build your business right, you don't have any competition. There and you, go. Uh, yeah. you you're a shining example of that, Brent. So well, thank you so big much market. for. Yep. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful to have you on the show today, and we'll be posting this on social media, so be sure to share it with all of your friends, and go out there and make it a fantastic day. Thanks again, Brent. You bet. Thanks, Marguerite. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.